Good afternoon, friends and traders. Welcome to the Limit Up Podcast. I am Dan Hodgman. I am Jack Pelzer. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I got my Halloween hat on. It is our last episode before Halloween, so I had to wear something real quick. But I'll take it off at some point for just uh, prosperity. Maybe about now. <laughs> I do not have a uh, Halloween costume for me this year. Um, I've got no intention of wearing one. Oh, no one's going to come uh, trick-or-treating at your apartment? Nope. Lame. Well, I just moved into a house, so that's uh, what I'm going to be doing 24-7. So yeah, exciting you got stuff all the candy there. ready to go. What candy do you have for the kids? Uh, I got two big old, uh, what do you call it, assorted packs from Costco, whatever it is. I think I saw some Kit Kats, Snickers, York Peppermint Patties, Milky Way for those with the peanut allergy. You know that, right? Milky Way is just a Snickers without the peanuts. And they're better. Did I just blow your mind? Yeah, I guess. No, Milky Way is so much better. What? It's just a Snickers minus peanuts, man. Not quite. Okay, okay. Well, I'll give it to you. Why don't you just tell us how the market went today? Well, right now the markets are tanking pretty quickly. Um, we've got the, it uh, looks like Apple's earnings must be coming in right now. Um, stocks are down pretty aggressively across the board. <laughs> I mean, just in the last two minutes. Um, so they're coming down, but let's give a quick run through. We got crude oil this morning, uh, moving higher after, after, after the open that market pressed all the way up to 89.50, pulled back about 70 cents here. Um, but another uptrend day here for the last couple of days, we're seeing that market trending higher stocks yesterday. We saw them attempt to go higher, rotated back to the low side of overnight lows. Um, those markets tried again here today. I think this has got to be, let's see, uh, at NASDAQ is tumbling as Meta shares plummet. So Meta being Facebook is taking a t taking a little bit of a tumble right now, really taking the S&P and the NASDAQ down um, pretty aggressively. Well, that here. was from These this morning. Okay, so- uh, I must Meta need a refresh. Okay, here's the refresh. Uh, basically, Facebook or Meta, whatever you want to call it, was down 25% today. It's below 100. It's wiped out all gains on the stock since 2016. And it erased a hundred billion dollars worth of equity. Uh, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, Mr. Zuckerberg is, you know, it's interesting. I saw a tweet the other day that Zuckerberg, he's almost forty years old now. He has not lived anything resembling a normal life in twenty years or fifteen to twenty years, and at the same time no one can say no to him and he's in a business where he's trying to figure out what uh the kids want he has no idea what the kids want mark zuckerberg is the last person in the world who knows what the kids want i know more what the kids want than mark zuckerberg all right and i don't know s about what the kids want so you can see how this is predictably a disaster he's probably way out ahead of this whole virtual uh, or augmented reality thing, and he's using it for all the wrong reasons. Like, we don't want to get a great friggin' virtual reality so that we can use it as like a Zoom meeting. It's insane. And they announced today in their earnings that A, their earnings, the, the, their free cash flow and stuff was like terrible compared to last year. And they're just spending a ton of money. They are going whole hog in on this meta on stuff. On the metaverse. Well, we should have realized that when they changed the name of the company. <laughs> Which was about a year ago now? I don't remember, man. It, it, like, time's a flat circle, but uh, we should have taken him at his word at that point. But $100 billion. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. 
It's a lot of money. Um, that's a, that's a big impact. And, you know, even at a company that's, you know, trillion dollar valuations, that's a, that's a big chunk. Um, so you've got that dragging down the S and P dragging down the, down the NASDAQ gold had, had pretty a much trillion was sideways. Dollar. What's Be- that? Before you go to gold had a trillion dollar at the height. <laughs> yeah. Now it has, you know, 240 somewhere around there, but go ahead. Yeah. That's a good point. Thanks for uh, clarifying that. You got gold really just worked sideways here today. Never got above settlement price. Tried a couple times. Couldn't get there. Euro down. And per the standard here, uh, the 10-year note trending higher. Big uh, big move higher here today. Almost a full handle. So good movement in some of these markets. Hopefully uh, traders are able to take advantage of it. Um, I know we've seen some good P&Ls coming in here today. So that's exciting um, on the funded traders. So really excited about that. Yeah. Interesting to see the... Uh... The treasuries catching a bid when the stocks are way down. You know, they've been so correlated this year, which they're not supposed to be, by the way. No, they're supposed uh, to be inversely correlated right there. So, yeah, it's shocking to me to see, you know, when I went and looked at it, you know, we're below uh, 4% again on the 10 year treasury rate. So it's odd to see, given all that's been going on, the stocks to be getting crushed. But I think a lot of that is just. This meta stuff is spooking people. We're in the earnings zone right now. A lot of companies releasing in the next uh, two weeks. So that is what I'd be paying attention to. Yeah, we got Apple coming in this afternoon. Um, I will be watching that one uh, pretty closely. Um, So earnings, big deal. Earnings are going to lead into some volatility. And with volatility, we have good days and bad days. Jack, you like this transition I've got going? This is good. Um, We're going to transition into our topic here today, which is... uh, Coming back after a little bit of a cold streak, how do you handle that? What are things to think about? Jack, how often do you have cold streaks over there? Cold streaks? Uh, over the course of a year, frequently. <laughs> like, they're bound to happen at some point. I go back to this article that is on the Top Step blog where we kind of took this idea from today. Is I like the strategic version of making it akin to punting in football, American football for international friends. Because uh, I haven't checked, but the pound is still above the dollar, so it's still called football. Basically, punting is part of the strategy, right? If you're a coach, it may make sense at times to kind of not give up necessarily, but to do what is best in the long run for the probability that you will be positive, right? So as far as Cold Street goes, I have them... Over the course of a year, you shouldn't be having them frequently as if you're on a permanent cold streak, it's probably time to do something else, I would argue. Correct, Dan? Would completely agree. And that's an, that's a unique situation to be in, right? What do we consider a long-term cold streak? And what is, you know, hey, it's just a little bit of a cold streak. You'll get out of this. I'm sorry. My dog is like sound asleep under me, Push keeps pushing me back, sitting on my feet, kicking my feet away. Um, there are worse but things that you happen. Have to, you got to think about what does that cold streak really mean? Is it a week long? Do we consider one week a downtrend in a one week, a cold streak? I will, I will say probably not. Those are signs that, hey, maybe the market state is just not conducive to the strategy I'm trading. Now, if it's been a month and you've had two winning days over, you know, eight and 18 losing days, that to me is where you're starting to enter into the cold streak territory. And what do you have to do to get out of that? I think there's a number of things you can take a look at this blog that Jack mentioned. Uh, Jack, when you're in that situation, how do you try and start to crawl out of that cold streak? 
Well, that's a good point. Uh, to go define what that would be for me is I guess you could measure, it depends on the frequency you trade at. You mentioned your streak in terms of days, how many days you're down or something like that. And if I ventured to guess, because I'm familiar a little bit with the way that you trade, you don't take many trades. So in a way, those are kind of synonymous, right? Um, if you're someone that takes 20 trades a day or 30 trades a day, I don't know what it is, then you might have a compacted timeline where, I don't know what it is, five or six losers in a row might be a mini cold streak for you that you have to reevaluate some ways. Um, I'm more in your boat, Dan, where for me, it's always measured in how many losing days I have. And one thing I like from the article is the idea of, I've noticed a lot, I've talked about this in the show before, how there's sometimes an asymmetry between or a disconnect between what you're trading on paper says you are as a trader and what you think you are as a trader. And I like the idea of kind of measuring just say, what is my average P&L over the last 20, 30 sessions? And just keep that as like a trailing number that you have around. And on paper, that's kind of the trader that you are at the moment. And whatever that average P&L and average loser is over, I say 20 to 30, I mean 30 if you can, because from statistics and stuff, that's usually a good enough sample size to get a good idea especially if you're going to use like normal distributions or something like that, you usually want 30. And from that is that's what you should be trading off of right now. Your average over the last 30. And what's your win percentage of those days? And I think from that, you can start to adjust how much you're willing to risk each day. Because at bare minimum, if you're on a cold streak, your daily loss, your stops, or your stop for the day, your your puke limit, whatever you want to call it, should be shrinking as you're on a cold streak. And then it should be growing as you're doing better like that. I think you can avoid doing real damage to your account by like following that rule more than anything else is as your trading is suffering, you should be trading less and less as far as what your losses are. So that's usually my first thing I go to, Dan. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, Jack, I think, you know, first off, for traders in the trading combine, there's a little bit of a difference here because you got to manage drawdowns. You've got rules you need to follow. And I will say you have more than five days of trading history in your past in your trading. And if you start to find that you're hitting the lows pretty continuously, slow it down. Um, you know, you can hop into a, a sim um, that's not, on the trading combine, you can use replay. If you're in um, trade of eight, you have some different options to start kind of getting yourself out of that to maintain activity in the market to keep your account. But if you start to see like you're Jack saying here, you know, your, your lows are continuously and you're seeing that that trend over 30 days or 30 trading days is continuously in the negative. You got to start to make some adjustments. And the first thing I will say to anyone out there, if you find yourself in this cold streak, the first thing is don't jump and say, well, when I'm in, you know, a practice account, I do really, really well. Um, yeah, because there's great. no pressure on, 
that is not trading how you normally would trade because when you're in your trading combine or in your own brokerage account, you are trading with a little bit of pressure. You're thinking about those, that next level you need to get to, you need, you're thinking about growing that account balance. And that is the underlying or overlying theme to your trading is you want to continue to see that account grow. So don't put, look at what happens in your practice account, the same as what happens in your um, main account. So that's something you want to think about. My big thing is size down, cut your risks down a little bit. Um, I think the addition of the micros have been such a phenomenal um, product to be added into our repertoire, to be able to access because it allows us to size down and kind of get some of that confidence back because 90% of what's going on, as long as like, if you're a long trader in the markets are in a, an extreme downtrend, okay, then maybe... <laughs> Yeah, It explains why you're in a cold streak. It's just because the market state's not there. But if the market state is there that you have historically traded in and done well, and now all of a sudden you're not doing well, it has a lot to do with the confidence in the trades that you're taking. And you're seeing things probably a little bit weird. So step one, size down, take a little couple of days off, get away from it, go enjoy something outside of trading. Um, but then go ahead and look at those micros. Get a couple little wins under your belt just because it's, you know, maybe a $20 winning day because it's micros. It seems a little small. That's okay. But you're getting some confidence back into getting wins under your belt. You need to regain that confidence in your strategy because when you start to recognize you're in a downtrend, your confidence is slipping because now you're thinking you're doing something wrong. Um, so start to get that confidence back in smaller trades, sizing down. If you're a three lot trader, bring it to a one lot. Um, if you're a one lot trader, go trade one or two micros things like that, really size down, regain that confidence in your trading, regain that confidence in yourself. Look at your plan. Am I executing based off of my plan? And where am I finding my struggle? I have been seeing it a lot lately in a number of our traders, or a number of traders I've talked to, they're having good high P&Ls, but they're continuing to press their day. And we see it. How often do you see market states change midday for a day trader? If you're looking at a, you know, a 10, 15 or 30 minute chart, you're seeing it yesterday, right? Was a prime example. Stocks opened up, rallied to the high side and traders were getting long side traders were doing well. They're making money. And then when the break starts coming, they're still expecting, hey, this is just a pullback. This is an entry point. Well, there's a point where you got to recognize, hey, why has this market state changed? Look at volume. There's going to be volume deviations. The basic principles of volume, right? If volume continues to increase, look for market direction to continue. If that mark volume starts to slide off, if we see volume coming back, look for that market state to direction to stop and potentially move in the other direction. Pay attention to that. If you see that happening, that's your sign of like, hey, this isn't just a pullback. This is a potential trend change. Um, start to look for those things where you're getting, where you're going off and turning that, that cold streak starting to come in. If you start to recognize that, maybe that's when you're going to start to re hone in on that strategy and on your game plan that says for me, after about 11 o'clock in the morning, I should not be looking for new trades unless I'm already in something. You mentioned the SIM trading, and I think that's good for diagnosing certain issues too. You, you mentioned how you're going to do better generally because the pressure is not on. Well, then you've kind of found your issue. Assuming you're not scalping in a simulator, which provides its own sort of wonky feedback that we won't get into. Assuming you're someone that is day trading and taking five trades a day or something. If you're doing better in the sim, this is why it's so important to follow a strategy and be able to say exactly what it is. 
if you are following your strategy in the sim and it's well articulated and you are making money, you should be able to make money in the real markets if you follow it. And if that is the case, then you have found what your issue is. You are trading differently. You have your strategy, which works. It will work. And then you are, for whatever reason, you're dumping, you know, you get the 50% of your target and you're like, I want to lock in this green. And you're letting things a little bit looser. Oh, maybe this will come back. Then that's your issue. Conversely, if things aren't working still in the sim, that's great. That's money saved. But then you guys start tinkering with your strategy a little bit. And there's no harm in going back there because I think what people forget and how you get into the spiral of like a bunch of bad days in a row, you feel like now is my chance to make it back. And there really are, I mean, there are an infinite number of trades to be taken going forward. And no matter what you miss in that time, you are not missing your opportunity to trade. There'll always be more right? Just remember that. It's my dad always told me, you know, no one trade is going to make you as a trader and no one's trade is going to break you as a trader. Don't ever let that happen. If you miss one thing, doesn't mean you missed the greatest opportunity of all time ever. You know, there's another one going to come, but Jack, you said something that I think is super vital to recognize. You made the comment. You said you tinker, tinker. If you're, if you're not doing well in sim and you're not doing well in your own account, you're going to tinker. It's not drastic changes. It's most likely something relatively small if you're not hitting on your trades. Obviously, if you're hitting in SIM and you're not hitting in your, you know, your trading account or your combine account or your brokerage account, um, but you are hitting in SIM, figure out where what's the psychological issue. Is there too much pressure? Are you putting on yourself that, hey, I need to make money here so I can pay my bills? Then maybe we have to step back and reassess why we're trading. Um, but, you know, if it's not working in either one, it's small incremental changes. Make those minute tweaks. Um, it's usually doesn't take much more than that. If you, if it's not working, obviously, you know, to strategy jump is never going to be successful because you're not going to be able to find the consistencies in what's wrong, right? There's, we talk about consistencies and making money and being consistent in your trading, being consistent, even in your losses, there's a lot to learn from that. Um, and so if you make huge changes, you're never going to be able to figure out what adjustments you, you need to make. But if you make those small tinkering moves or small tinker changes, that's where you're going to start to find what is working and what isn't. Well, it's doing an experiment and you got to keep everything else constant to know that what you change, if you change 10 things at once, you don't know which of the 10 things you changed is what worked. But if you say that, okay, I am going to widen out my stops and profit targets by 10% or some volatility measure or something like that. You do that for a while and whoa, things change. Well, then that's probably what helped. It has to be repeatable. You have to keep on doing it, but you wouldn't want to be like, this isn't working. So I'm going to widen out my profit targets and stops and I'm going to start trading gold and uh, I'm going to start uh, running five miles before I go to sleep and um, I'm going to stop eating in the mornings. I mean, there's a million things you can change, but just do one at a time. And then that'll, that's how you change strategies. That's how all the professional traders and the algos and stuff, that's how they do it. It's time. Like I used to work on a team and we had an algo running. Um, 
And like when the algo was off, obviously, like, you know, sometimes was like, hey, whoa, what the heck just happened here? Uh, we need to adjust. And it was literally minute micro changes to have a drastic impact. And that's when you talk, when Jack talks about that consistency and creating those constants, you know, you got 150 different settings in an algo and you tweak one just slightly and it has a huge impact. Um, you have to think about that in your trading. Small, tiny little changes can have a huge impact. And what those can be is truly something as simple as volatility has increased. And I typically run a 10 tick stop in my strategy. Well, once volatility increases, we need to think about, hey, my stop, either if I'm going to try a 10 tick stop, I need way better entry points, uh, which is going to be hard when volatility is up because markets are elastic. I've talked about that a million times. If that elasticity is coming in, volatility increases, we have to be comfortable increasing our risk. And if our account size is not big enough to increase that risk, that's a market state we should not be trading in. And we should mm -hmm. be able to eventually learn to avoid those scenarios because, and not have that cold streak. Hey, you know, volatility just spiked over 35. That to me is a sign I should not be trading because I don't have the appetite for risk for those types of days and we talk about when to stop when to punt that's something that the algos are incredibly good at if you want to be you know talk about trading like an algo or a computer if something's not working there's gonna be a predefined how much it can do and then it's going to turn off it's going to stop you're not going to see unless it's just been programmed completely wrong and gone haywire you know during the flash crash for instance like part of the reason things went so crashed so hard was because all the liquidity from algos just vaporized because they're like, we don't want any part of this. Um, yep. Computers are good at understanding that. Now, computers are not good at understanding the why or like thinking critically after that being like, oh, we just sold off like this is incredibly cheap right now. They're not really good at that, but they are good at this does not look normal to me. I'm out. And I think that's what you got to do when you're on a cold streak is you need to reassess. You need to know when to go to the lab and tinker with things. And then if things are taking a toll on you mentally, you need to know when to walk away for a bit, take a week off, something like that. That was my basic, if things really weren't making sense. And I mean, really, really, I would take a week off. That would, that would be it. I would take days off if things were going, you know, a, a decent cold streak, but like a week off if, things I, I don't understand this well if you if you're admitting you don't understand it then you don't and you're not going to help yourself by being there yeah i i was very similar like even to this day right like if i'm you know having a bad monday tuesday wednesday i'll probably take thursday friday off and just say you know what it's not worth it to me today or i'll take a long you know make it a four-day weekend and take friday and monday off because i hey i'm just not feeling it right now i'm scratch on the week or i'm down a little bit not happy. I'm not seeing things the way I should. Hey, step away from it a little bit. And like, literally, I won't even open up the charts or look at what the market's doing. Um, because there's a FOMO, just like anyone, we all have FOMO if we see big movement, and we're not in or we're taking that time off. And I think this is one of the things that a lot of newer traders experience is that FOMO is a big deal. Yeah. And you, you've made that conscious decision to take the time off. But then you see the markets moving and you jump in. Um, because you think you're missing something that's happening. Sometimes the best trade is not taking a trade at all. And we have to recognize that. That FOMO is funny too, because it's only, po it's only like positive results FOMO, right? Nobody ever 
very rarely in my career, maybe once or twice, it's like you look at a big move and you're like, man, I would have been on, I could have been on the wrong side of that. Like you- I got a, I got a text from a buddy this morning who was not trading today. And he texts me and goes, you know, I called this last night. I said, I should do this at 845 if because of X, Y, and Z. And, but he chose not to trade today and get a text at about 915. Son of a gun. I should have taken that trade. Well, no, you made the plan not to be here. Why would you take that trade? Right. But you never think about the other side, as I was saying, just like, wow, I could have been, I could have been just vaporized today. I feel great. You know? Right. Like, I don't know why we don't have that FOMO. I should see a big move and be like, wow, I'm so glad that I am not in there. Right. Because really in reality, like these big moves right now, (laughs) equities, you know, taking the tumble, who knows, maybe, you know, it's easy in hindsight to be like, ah, that was an obvious short, but maybe something would have said to you, if you were looking at a little bit harder that that was a you know a buy sign um you know for me low side of channel opportunity for a bounce obviously dependent on the time i'm not trading at three o'clock in the afternoon um you know as we go into close that's not an area i'm going to execute at but if i see it coming off a low side of a channel or maintaining trend to the downside but i'm looking for a long trade great that's a buy off the low side of the channel let's see if we can get a little bounce here you know, maybe that would have been your instinct and you would have, like you said, gotten run over in that trade and taken a loss. And now I can sit here and go because of my system that says I can't trade at three o'clock, execute new open new orders at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not putting myself in a situation to take that risk on. Yeah. And your buddies talk about 915 today is like you could have been short today and you took some heat, right? I'm looking at about, you know, between nine and nine thirty in the ES, you would get taken for a little ride there. So who knows? Yeah. Even if you were right, you might have been wrong. So yeah. don't think too much about it. So exactly. Well, and that's a great point. Don't think. Execute what you know. Trade what you know. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do. If you have a plan, stick to the plan. Don't think too hard about it. And if if it's forcing you to really consider something, maybe that's not going to be your best trade. Trade what you know trade what you see and be confident in your system excellent stuff trying to see if those apple earnings are out that's all i have on this topic today what do we got after hours ah, i can't find the data yet here so we won't bore you all with this i guess that's all for uh, this week from limit up we'll be back next week with something new uh dan what sort of excitement you have going on between now and then not a whole lot uh I got all new furniture delivered this week uh, to the new condo. So getting furniture set up, finally finished moving in. I've been here for two months and yet I'm not fully moved in. So that's going to be the plan. I know you uh, got probably a lot on your plate over there, Jack. Hell yeah, man. I'm going to be out trick-or-treating with the little one, doing the whole thing. So that'll be exciting. So everyone stay safe out there. Uh, The markets are a little bit murky right now, but just in life. Stay safe. Be happy. Do what makes you happy. And uh, keep on doing that till next we meet, partner. That's all for Limit Up. Namaste and trade well. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.